This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here's our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. If he responds like Proverbs 30, verse 20, Proverbs 30, verse 20, such is the way of an adulterous woman. She eateth and wipeth her mouth and saith, I've done no wickedness. If a person responds to the word of God with a self-righteousness, as in Luke 18, 11, Luke 18, 11, the Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank thee that I'm not as other men are, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, even as this publican. If a person has no respect for the name of Jesus Christ, as in Psalm 139.20, Psalm 139.20, they speak against thee wickedly, thine enemies take thy name in vain. If a person responds to the judgment of God with an, I don't care, as in Luke 12.19, Luke 12.19, I will say to my soul, soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years, take thine ease, eat, drink, be merry. If a person has no respect for the word of God, as in, Jeremiah 36, 23, Jeremiah 20, 36, 23, it came to pass that when Yehudi had read three or four leaves, he cut it. It's the Bible. He cut it with a penknife and cast it into the fire that was on the hearth until the roll was consumed in the fire that was on the hearth. If a person could care less that Christ died for his sins and would just as soon walk over the blood of Christ, as in Hebrews 10, 29, Hebrews 10, 29, of how much sore punishment suppose ye shall he be thought worthy who had trodden underfoot the Son of God and have counted the blood of the covenant wherewith he was sanctified an unholy thing and had done despite unto the Spirit of grace. If a person has no real concern that the lost are slipping into hell but only cares about his own happiness and his comforts as in our chapter verses four through six, verses four through six, that lie up of Amos 6, 4 through 6, that lie upon beds of ivory and stretch themselves upon their couches and eat the lambs out of the flock and the calves in the midst of the stall 
that chanted the sound of the violin and invented themselves instruments of music like David, that drink wine in bowls and anoint themselves with the chief ointments, but they're not grieved for the affliction of Joseph. If a person is religious and the word of God has no impact on his soul, as in Mark 7, 6, Mark 7, 6, well hath Isaiah prophesied of you hypocrites, as it is written, this people honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me, then that person is like the edge of the heel. That person is like the callous part of the heel. Like dragging a finger apart, that part of the heel, no feeling, can't feel it. That person is callous, that person is insensitive to the word of God. He may read the Bible, the word of God, but it's boring to him. It's not, It's only interesting maybe from an historical point of view, like the callous part of the heel. The finger can drag back and forth a thousand times, and it doesn't matter how many times the finger goes back and forth apart that, on that part of the heel. He can't feel it. It doesn't matter how many times he reads the word of God, he can't feel the touch of the word of God. He's calloused. Because he's callous to the word of God, he prefers to remain what the Bible calls willfully ignorant. There are two things that he's willfully ignorant of, and those two things are creation and judgment. Creation and judgment, 2 Peter 3, 5, we saw it. 2 Peter 3, 5, for this they are willingly are ignorant of, that by the word of God, the heavens were of old and the earth standing out of the water in the water, whereby the world that then was, being overflowed with water, perished. But the heavens and earth, which are now, by the same word, are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. We look at creation, we look at creation, and we say, how can anyone say? How can anyone look at the beauty, the organization of nature and just say, it's not the work of the creator? To say something as ridiculous as in the beginning there was nothing, and nothing exploded. And that's what nothing did. It exploded. There was an explosion of nothing. And somehow when this explosion of nothing happened, it caused there to be the perfect universe. And somehow non-living chemicals just joined together to make a single cell. And somehow that single cell joined together to make all the plants and the animals and man. Like the nine-year-old daughter of a missionary to Florence, Italy, who is being told that that in the Italian public school, and after that, the teacher explained all that, she raised her hand, and she said, that's just stupid. <laughs> and it is. It's stupid to be willingly ignorant. And Peter was amazed at this willful ignorance. <clears throat> and so he turns to us and he says, don't be ignorant of one thing, that the delay of the judgment of God is for one purpose, and the purpose is not yet, not yet by every person's name who's not saved today, so that the lost can be saved. 2 Peter 3, 8, 2 Peter 3, 8, but beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day of the Lord is a thousand years, a thousand years is one day. The Lord is not slack concerning his promises. Some men 
Count Slackness, he's long-suffering toward usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise. The elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works therein shall be burned up. The Bible says that there was a world that then was. There was a world that then was. And what happened to that world that then was? 2 Peter 3, 6, 2 Peter 3, 6 says, whereby the world that then was being overflowed with water perished. The world that then was was destroyed in the great flood. And every fossil that is held in the hand has one message. Fossils are not made today. There's no creation of fossils today. They all came from the great flood. And every time a fossil is held up, that fossil is shouting the message, 2 Peter 3, 6, 2 Peter 3, 6. The world that then was being overflowed with water perished. Every fossil that's held in the hand has one message. Every fossil that was formed in the great flood, every fossil that God has placed on the earth like a warning sign, like a lighthouse, it's saying, 2 Peter 3, 7, 2 Peter 3, 7, the heavens and the earth, which are now by the same word are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. The Bible says there were two thriving cities. <clears throat> and what happened to those two thriving cities? Luke 17, 29, Luke 17, 29, the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. In the great flood that destroyed the world that then was, there were two groups of people. And at that time of the great flood, those two groups of people were the prepared and the unprepared. The prepared was a small group, doesn't matter, it was only eight people, but they were prepared and they were saved alive. And at the end of that flood, they looked over a vast world of the unprepared who perished. And the destruction of the two thriving cities in Sodom and Gomorrah, there were two groups of people at the time of the destruction of the Sodom and Gomorrah, and those two groups of people were the prepared and the unprepared. The prepared was a small group also, just a few people, Lot, his two daughters, the only ones who survived, Sodom. And that's the point about the coming judgment of the earth. There is also, as there has been in the past, as there is in the future, as there will be a as there is now and as there will be in the future, the coming judgment is so bad. And God wants us to know there's two groups, the prepared and the unprepared. And God is not willing that any should be unprepared. And so that's why God looks at every person and says, not yet, not yet. And he stretches out the time. Why? Because, because John 3.16 describes God today just as much as it did back then, 2,000 years ago when it was written. John 3.16, the reason there is a delay in judgment is because God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth into him should not perish but have everlasting life. And so God now in chapter six of Amos turns to his own people, his own Jewish people, and says, just like Martha sang, born of Jewish kin, he turns to his own Jewish kin and he says, woe, woe, which is a continuation of the first woe. 
of Amos 5.18. Amos 5.18, and this is a woe in Amos 6.1, Amos 6.1. Woe to them that are at ease in Zion. Woe to them that are at ease, we read. No, 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 no. We wouldn't say woe to them that are at ease. We'd say happy are those that are at ease. Happy are those who feel no trouble. Happy are those who are at ease with no trouble. God says, woe to them that are at ease with no trouble. Why? We'd say, happy are those that have no fears. Happy are those that are at ease with no fears. God says, woe to them that are at ease with no fears. Why? We'd say, happy are those that have no worries. Happy are those that are at ease with no worries. But God says, woe to them that are at ease with no worries. Why? We'd say, happy are those that are relaxing and enjoying themselves in life. Happy are those that are at ease, relaxing, and enjoying themselves in life. God says, woe to them that are at ease with a life of relaxation and enjoyments. Why? We'd say, happy are those that have done very well for themselves in life. And now they're bathing in a world of delights and pleasures. Happy are those that are at ease with money and pleasures. Happy are those that, Amos 6.4, Amos 6.4, lie upon beds of ivory. We'd say, happy are those, in Amos 6.4, stretch themselves upon their couches. we say, happy are those, in Amos 6.4, eat the lambs. Happy are those that drink wine in bowls, not glasses, bowls, so the wine runs down the side of their mouth. They have so much. we say, happy are those, Amos 6.6, Amos 6.6, anoint themselves with chief ointments. God says, woe to them all. Woe to them that are at ease like that. Why? Why did God say this in verse 1? So contrary, woe to them that are at ease in Zion. The answer is in the last words of verse 6. The last words of verse 6, they are not grieved for the affliction of Joseph. They're not grieved for the affliction of Joseph. The affliction of Joseph what does that mean? That carries us back to what happened to Joseph. What happened to Joseph? He was sold by his brothers into slavery. Genesis 45.4, Genesis 45.4, Joseph said unto his brethren, come near to me, I pray you. And they came near and he said, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into Egypt. Joseph was wrongly cast into prison Psalm 105, 17, Psalm 105, 17. He sent a man before him, even Joseph, who was sold for a servant, whose feet they hurt with fetters. He was laid in iron. Joseph suffered greatly, both because of his Jewish brothers. Joseph suffered because of his Jewish brothers. Joseph suffered for his Jewish brothers, because of and for. He suffered because of his Jewish brothers because they sold him into slavery. Genesis 37, 28, Genesis 37, 28. Then there passed by Midianites, merchant men, and they drew and lifted up Joseph out of the pit and sold Joseph to the Ishmaelites for 20 pieces of silver, and they brought Joseph into Egypt. Joseph was just like Jesus, who was sold in Matthew 26, 15. Matthew 26, 15. They said unto him, what will you give me? And I'll give him unto you. And they covenanted with him for 30 pieces of silver. Joseph was sold by his Jewish brothers. Joseph was sold by the Jews. Jesus was sold by a man whose name was Judas. Judas Iscariot, the name Judas means Jews. 
But not only Joseph was sold into slavery by his brothers, Joseph was sold into slavery for his brothers because from that prison in Egypt, Joseph was exalted to become the most powerful man in Egypt. From, the position, from that position, he was able to save his brothers and he saved his brothers. Genesis 50, 20, Genesis 50, verse 20. But as for you, he said, you thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good, to bring to pass as it is this day, to save much people alive. And not only was Jesus delivered to the Romans by his Jewish people, Jesus was killed for his Jewish people to save them. Acts 5.30, Acts 5.30. The God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom you slew and hanged on a tree. Him hath God exalted with his right hand to be a prince and a savior, for to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins, to save them. And the reason that God says in Amos 6.1, Amos 6.1, woe to them that are at ease in Zion is because of Amos 6.6, Amos 6.6, for they are not grieved for the affliction of Joseph. Those that are at ease in Zion have no grief, no care, no concern that Jesus died for their sins. The word of God, they're on the callous part of the heel, and the word of God is choked in their lives, as in Mark 4.18, Mark 4.18. These are they which are sown among thorns, such as hear the word, and the cares of this world, and the deceitfulness of riches, and the lusts of other things entering and choke the word, and it becometh unfruitful. They are at ease in Zion. Show me a person that's on easy street in life and I'll show you a person who has no need for Jesus. I'll show you a person who is Amos 6.6, not grieved for the affliction of Joseph. But there's another history, another history in the life of Joseph. Joseph was in prison. He interpreted a dream of a butler. Joseph knew that the butler was going to be released from prison. Joseph knew that the butler was going to be a position, a unique position to speak to the king. Joseph knew that this man was going to be able to speak to the king about Joseph and get Joseph released out of prison. And Joseph asked the butler to speak to the king to get Joseph released from prison. In Genesis 40, verse 12, Genesis 40, verse 12, Joseph said unto him, this is the interpretation of the three branches of three days. Yet within three days shall Pharaoh lift up thine head and restore thee unto thy place. And thou shalt deliver Pharaoh's cup into his hand after the former manner when thou wast his butler. But think on me when it shall be well with thee. Show kindness, I pray thee, unto me. Make mention of me unto Pharaoh. Bring me out of this house. For indeed I was stolen away out of the land of the Hebrews, and here have I done nothing that they should put me into this dungeon. That was a sad, sad, heartfelt plea from Joseph. That was Joseph's affliction that Joseph was talking to the butler about and asking the butler to speak to the king for his release. But as soon as the butler was released, the history became Genesis 40, verse 21, Genesis 40, verse 21. He restored the chief butler into his butlership again, and he gave the cup into Pharaoh's hand. Yet did not the chief butler remember Joseph, but forget him. The butler was not only released from prison, the butler was in the presence of Pharaoh. The butler was able to speak to the king about releasing Joseph. 
The butler was indebted to Joseph, who, because of the words of Joseph, gave him great peace, gave the, gave, gave the butler peace. But when life was good for the butler, when the butler was saved out of prison, the butler didn't remember Joseph. He just forgot all about Joseph. I don't even remember his name. The butler had the ability to speak to the king about Joseph, but the butler was Amos 6.6, Amos 6.6, not grieved for the affliction of Joseph. Back in the position as butler to the king, the butler was Amos 6.1, at ease. And in that picture, we're like the butler. And the Jewish people are like Joseph. The Jewish people, like Joseph, have delivered to us great words. Words that have brought us peace from our turmoil. The Jewish people have brought to us the Bible. The Bible brings us great peace. Psalm 119, 165 Psalm 119, 165, great peace have they which love thy law. And just like Joseph, who spoke the words of peace to the butler, the Jewish people wrote the words of peace for us. The Jewish people have written every word that's in the Bible, Romans 3, 1, Romans 3, 1, what advantage then hath the Jew, or what profit is there of circumcision? Much every way, chiefly because that unto them were committed the oracles of God. Every book in this Bible was written by a Jewish person, except, of course, the book of Luke, because he was a doctor, and who's ever heard of a Jewish doctor? <laughs> Every book in the Bible was written by a Jewish person because Romans 3.2, Romans 3.2, because that unto them were committed the oracles of God. Yet, the Jewish people now have rejected their God. They've rejected Jehovah Jesus and has put them in the state of Amos 6.6, Amos 6.6, the affliction of Joseph. And we're called to hear the hard cries of the Jewish people in their affliction of Joseph. Just as Joseph gave a hard cry to the butler, and we, like the butler, are in the unique position to speak to the king of kings for the Jewish people, to the king of kings, and who has called us, to speak to him about the affliction of Joseph, Psalm 122.6, Psalm 122.6, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. They shall prosper that love thee. And we dare not be like the butler who, Genesis 40.23, Genesis 40, verse 23, yet did not the chief butler remember Joseph, but forget him. And the reason a person forgets about the Jewish people and the affliction of Joseph is because of Amos 6.1. Amos 6.1, woe to them that are at ease, which is why God says to us about the world and the prospect of us taking our ease in the world, Micah 2.10, Micah 2.10, arise ye and depart. This is not your rest. Because it's polluted, it will destroy you, even with the sword destruction. And God says to us, 1 John 2.15, 1 John 2.15, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world, if any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that's in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life is not of the Father, it's of the world. And the world passes away and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Amos 6.1, woe to them that are at ease in Zion. Let's pray. Help us, Lord, not to be at ease, but to stay sharp for you. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org to sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestoration.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California 92071. That's P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. That's tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. For more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries.